Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. And we're actually over here in uh, in uh, Buenos Aires, Argentina, as we're speaking. And a quick little side note here: make sure you turn off your Facebook notifications before we start your interviews. <laughs> little reminder to self. Uh, so uh, we're actually traveling around South America currently. Uh, we've been uh, all over South America, and as we're traveling, we love interviewing fellow. Uh, travelers and fellow digital nomads, fellow expats, and uh, fellow uh, parents who are actually teaching their kids abroad. Uh, so on our show today, we have the founder of Stand Out and Be You, Tequila Dodard, and uh, she, she has a coaching program, a podcast, and she loves supporting people to tell their story, to stand out, and uh, you know, uh, be yourself amongst the midst of the noise all around us. And uh, obviously, in, the, in this day and age of social media, there's a lot of noise out there. So it's very hard to stand out amongst all those feeds and feeds and feeds and tweets and tweets and tweets. So we're going to be finding out how you can stand out and be you. And we're going to be finding out all about Guam as well, because we love talking travel on our show. And our guest today is actually in Guam, of all places. And out of, we've actually recorded over 320 episodes uh, as of this recording. And out of the 320 episodes, we've had people from around the world in every continent. Uh, and we have never had anyone in Guam until now. So super excited to find out about Guam and about, especially about Tequila and about her business. So uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing over there in beautiful Guam today, Tequila? Absolutely fantastic. And uh, thank you so much, Ricky, for having me on the show. I'm excited to speak with your listeners about everything that you've just mentioned, as well as Guam. And as you said, dated, not a lot of people know about Guam. <laughs> and that is yeah, I think most people, when you say Guam, is they're like, is that an island? Is that a territory? Where is it? Right? So we're going to be finding out about that. But before we find out about that, we want to find out all about you, you know? But we don't want to just let Guam stand out. We want to ask Tequila to stand out. So why don't we start by getting to know you a little bit, Tequila? Why didn't uh, you share a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yes. Um, I'm Tequila Doddard, and as Ricky mentioned earlier, I am the new founder of podcast Standout BU, which is mostly about individuals coming on to share their stories. One thing that I found out um, while in this world of the internet world itself, as Ricky mentioned earlier, we all know that we can get lost in so many individual stories inside of so many individuals' lives. The internet has really made the world, I like to say, smaller, yet it's also caused us to kind of lose ourselves a little bit. So Standout BU has a lot of underlaying uh, or under a lot of layers to it, I like to um, add, and knowing that you matter and your story matters, but also what you're doing out here has a story behind it and in the end you're really helping individuals and helping communities so when you listen to any of the podcasts you have the the um, opportunity to hear individuals who are sharing their stories before they may have reached their successes and you're also able to hear individuals who are also talking about how they're giving back to their communities and sometimes it's not all celebrities that are doing so someone who's standing right next to you could be doing something huge in your community and you not even know about it. So that's the Stand Up BU podcast. The other thing that I do is I help entrepreneurs by helping them free up their time because social media can take up a lot of time. <laughs> so I help free up their time so that they're able to focus more on the business aspects of it while I focus on the social aspects or social operations. 
Awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about the origin of Stand Up BU. I mean, uh, I love finding out about the why behind people's business. Uh, there's this whole saying uh, by Simon Sinek, start with why. So I'd love to know <laughs> about why you started Stand Up and BU. Yes, my why uh, gets back to really my husband and I starting our family. I, uh, before my husband was full on corporate America, chica woman, <laughs> and my corporate life was my baby. And of course, I decided that I wanted to have someone else in my life. And my thought process, because I was full on corporate and I was on a plane every week, literally, how do I find someone? And my colleagues were the ones that encouraged me to actually go online. <laughs> so a lot of everything for of me now exists from online. So I met my husband online. And after time, we decided that we wanted to move forward with starting our family. And when we did that, we also made a decision to put my career on hold and then move forward with his career. So in doing that, of course, after time, your kids get older. And if you are an individual who's of the corporate-like background, you decide you want to work and do something. However, in the countries, because we moved outside of the United States, so the countries that we were in caused me not to be able to easily find that type of position or job that I was actually used to in the corporate-like setting. So now we were living in Europe for about three years. And then uh, we moved here to Guam, which in the beginning I was like, well, where is Guam? And uh, I said, you know what? I need to get back to work. And how do I do this? And I knew that I could do it by way of online because I had did it before. I had started a blog. I monetized the blog, as we all know, affiliate marketing, things like that. But then I said, how can I make a bigger impact? And I started digging deeper and saying, you know what? I need to find out who are the people out here I can talk to. Like if you're in the corporate world, you figure out who's a head poncho, who's the one in charge. So I started really networking, really started connecting with individuals, finding out who's doing what and how I can best position myself online. And when I started doing that, I got a little lost in knowing who I was because I started getting to, into everyone else's story. I'm guru, follow that guru. That's a guru, follow that guru. And then you start getting into the whole entire shiny object syndrome. Then you're in complete information overload. And then you become what? Stuck. So it wasn't until I said, you know what, Tequila, you know yourself and you know yourself very well. And I'm, I like to think I'm pretty confident. So I was like, I need to pull back myself, pull the reins back on it. And when I pulled back, the thought and the idea of Standout BU came to me because originally I wanted doing this again was for my children. I wanted my children to see a little bit of their mom and how she was before. They want me to just be a cook and open up a restaurant because they think that I'm the best cook ever. <laughs> I wanted them to see that I had other things within me. So my thought was after working with clients and seeing the same thing that was happening to them, that they really didn't know how to tell their story. They really, they knew who they, they know who they are, but they're having a hard time getting their story inside of all of the information that's out here. So Stand Out BU was birth. 
Awesome. Thank you for sharing that, uh, the birth story, that origin story. So uh, obviously uh, in business, as entrepreneurs, which a lot of our digital nomad listeners and viewers are, uh, is like, how do you stand out? Uh, so what would be your top tips, uh, you know, in the midst of our social media noise, how can individuals stand out? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is the first start of it is to map out your story. Map out um, exactly your why. Like why? And that's, I ask um, clients that when they come, uh, the original reason was to make money. And I think a lot of us, the original reason why we became interested was to make money. But when you really dive deeper into the internet world, there's a lot of ways you can make money. And you can go like down the wrong path of making money. You can get stuck and you can really get suckered. <laughs> that happens out here on the internet. Um, the internet has just gotten so much bigger than what it was when I first got online, when I existed before the internet even started, I like to tell individuals. And in the beginning, it was a little bit more innocent, but now we have so many different factors and so many different layers to the internet that if you don't know your story and you don't know your why, you can get completely lost. So one of the first things that I always ask individuals is why are you doing this? What is your why? And when they know their why, I ask them, what is your story? Because if you don't know your story, then you're not going to connect with people. And I like to say that that is the same way offline. And that's where Standout BU came to me. I was like, I'm good with people offline. Why am I not working online? And it's because I wasn't being who I was and I was not connecting back to me and my story and then sharing that story because in the end, people connect to people. That is what happens in the world itself. itself. Whether we have this virtual world or whether we do not, we connect to each other and we connect to each other by way of our stories. So, uh, you know, speaking of stories, uh, you, what would you say are the key elements of a good story? Because we, uh, not all of us are good storytellers. Uh, like for me, I, uh, since uh, I'm an avid traveler, of course, uh, there's a great saying, by the way, travel will leave you speechless and then it will turn into a storyteller. And now that I've traveled so much, I'm definitely a, a much better storyteller. But I'd love to hear from your perspective on uh, what would make a good storyteller in terms of uh, not just stories randomly about uh, you know, childhood or stuff like that, but stories in terms of the, that personal story, uh, that brand identity story. Uh, there's a the corporate branding, the personal branding, but tell us a little bit about how a business, a brand, an entrepreneur can sell their story effectively. Right. I, I think the first part of it, Ricky, is um, going to that part that we're afraid to tell. I think um, when you really dive, and, and that part doesn't have to be shared because there's different mm -hmm. stories that we have within us. But mm -hmm. I think the first story that we have to dig into is that part of the story that scares us. You know, that part that we're like, I'm so scared for someone to find this out about me. And when you do that, I think that it's a natural healing that you have for yourself. And when that happens, you're able to stand strong in who you are, what you're trying to do, and where you're trying to go. 
Okay, so when you are able to do that, then you're able to allow yourself to be exposed to all the other many fantastic stories that you have because each and everything that you have in you that you're able to share, that's a gift to someone else because what you have could be what someone else needs to overcome, something that they're going through right now. And I think the first part is diving deep into that part that you're scared to actually share. Once you do that, you're like, okay, now I can tell everything, you know? You feel more comfortable. You're like, okay, I don't care what anybody says because it's hard out here on the internet. People, you will have haters and you have people coming at you saying this or that and trying to break you down. But if you've already gone deep within yourself to know that this is what I'm about, I've actually had that first layer of that part that is me, then no one else can take you down. That's the number one thing. The second thing I think is really now finding out what your passion is. What was the most passionate thing that you ever experienced or ever thought about wanting to have in life? You know, what was it that you wanted to always be or do when you were a kid? And are you living that right now? Is it part of your story right now? And if it's not, then you need to next map it out. Map your story out. How do you want your story to be in the end? When I turned 40, I thought, holy cajoli, what in the world am I going to do? I felt like I used to impact people all the time, and now I have my family. I love where I am right now, but something in me loves to impact people. So I had to put that into my story. How am I going to do that? What do you want to do? That's the third part is what do you want to do? Map that out, map it out. And then the last part is just don't sit there and let your dreams happen. They're going to happen no matter what. But are you going to be inside your own dream? Are you going to let the other people actually live your dream? So go ahead then live it. Live it. Beautiful, beautiful. Love it. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, think, I love those uh, four four steps. Yeah, and I think Ricky, I think a lot of times, and I, I'm sorry to cut you off here. I think a lot of times that life and society has become a lot bigger than I think that we expected it to be, <laughs> and not that it's a bad thing, not that it's a bad thing, but if you don't stay true to you, and you don't allow yourself to even stand out, and stand out, be you isn't about other people and it isn't even about you it's about us that's what standout be you is about it's about us what are all of our stories and all of our stories connect to make this very amazing magical world that we live in because you're a traveler and i know and i'm a traveler and i have met people all over this world and one thing that we all have in common is our stories and that we all in the end want to have a good life Indeed, indeed. And as podcasters, you do a great job of, uh, you know, ex exposing people's stories to the world because a lot of our stories are so powerful and people need to hear them. And unless uh, you get the message out there, you're actually doing a disservice 
to people because you're not, uh, you know, helping other people. So definitely get the story out there and uh, uh, get it out there to other people who desperately need to hear your story. And if you, you can be healed and you can overcome, so can they. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your story uh, because you've been talking about story. So what is, uh, you know, maybe some of that the darkness uh, uh, you were talking about or some of that the vulnerability, you know, uh, if you don't mind, I'd love to hear a little bit about that side of your journey as well. Yeah, and I think that side of me is that corporate, it goes all the way back to corporate and how I became so deep into my corporate career, you know, is because I, I, I fell in love and I thought I was in love, but that love didn't work out for me. So I just said, you know what, forget about it. I'm going to dive deep into my corporate career because it's not going to let me go. And I did. I dug so deep that for 13 years, <laughs> it took me to actually allow myself to be, um, allow myself to allow someone else to be in my life the way that my husband is in my life today. And I like to think that there are other individuals because we all have similarities, similarities inside of each other. And I like to think that there's other individuals who have been on my same path and to let them know that it's okay to just let go. It's okay to breathe. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to just live. Because through living and, and experiencing, that's when we become our best selves. Because one thing that I think where I was, and I was successful, successful corporate girl, but I was existing. I was totally existing and I was not experiencing. And there's a difference. You can exist in life or you can experience life. And it wasn't until I think when I, and I, didn't, I was like, I'm not gonna have children, but I fell in love with this man and now I have my children and I love them so much. And listen, and I'm not gonna say one parent's better than the other because hey, we did not get a manual on how to raise our children. So everyone has to do the best they can out here with our children. But I will tell you what I have seen through exposing your children, the more experience that you give them, the more open they become as little human beings, you know? And I know that's one thing that you're doing, Ricky, that's one thing that my husband and I want for our kids is to, expose them and when you just said the darkness is I've allowed myself to open up to see where I was to know that I want only parts of that for my children but I want my children to be able to have a choice choice in this manner and in this life and that's through exposing them so that they're able to actually see themselves be themselves experience life be exposed and be connected because in the end that's what it is. At 40, I'm telling you, I jumped out of an airplane and I think when I was coming down, I started thinking about all this. I'm like, what the heck are we doing? We have to start experiencing life. And when we're caught up in all of this stuff that's happening out here in the world, we tend to lose sight of who we are, who we are. And that's not who you want to be when you were a kid. Now, you can tell me that. Tell me right now, if you are sitting right now, looking at me or hearing me, are you where you want it to be? Are, and, and your being is you. Are you where 
you want to be right now, whether it's with your family, whether it's you're now listening to me, maybe you're at work at the nine to five, or maybe you're in corporate setting where I used to be, and then you're saying, gosh darn, and now I get a break, and then you're like, I'm not where I want to be. I don't know. But you have to be true to you and ask yourself, am I right now where I want to be? And if it's not, get with a lot of these individuals out here. And I was telling Ricky earlier, I said, now we have like online university. You can find anything that you want to have or do or be or go out here on the internet. But if you're not where you want to be, be honest with yourself. Because in the end, that's all that matters. If you are really honest with yourself. It actually sends shivers down my spine and uh, down my arms when you were talking about that, you know, like, are you living that dream that you've always dreamed about? And uh, if you're not, you know, you got to change something. Because I know when I was back in Vancouver, BC, Canada, I wasn't living the dreams of travel and the dreams of the family, uh, you know, harmony, etc. So and now I feel I'm doing it to some degree. There's obviously things we still need to work on. And we're always going to keep working on them. They're always going to be obstacles and fears, self-doubts. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, so, I'm so glad uh, you, you're sharing uh, these, these uh, nuggets of wisdom today. Uh, you know, we're talking about stories and, uh, you know, part of your story is you've actually been an expat, uh, you know, in, uh, first in Europe, in Spain, in Valencia, and now over there in Guam. And, uh, you know, I, I talked about we're going to be sharing more about Guam because we love talking travel on the show. And a lot of our viewers and listeners might have heard about Guam in passing. Uh, but tell us about how did you end up in Guam of all places, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, tequila? Yes. Um, my husband's career, okay, because we finished up in Europe, and absolutely, I love Spain. Uh, three years we were we lived there. Absolutely loved the culture, loved the people. Um, we had our kids completely in the school system, so they were learning. They completely became fluent in Spanish and everything, so we allowed them to go completely all in. We immersed ourselves there. Um, but then afterwards, we moved here to Guam. Um, by way of his his career um, and I tell you when we first came here I thought to myself where is Guam and I'm like okay so I said you know what let me look it up <laughs> and I looked it up don't do this on Google <laughs> Earth so when I was looking up on Google Earth and don't do it at night okay so this was not good because I'm like where is it so I'm scrolling in pushing it you can see my fingers I know you got listeners but I'm scrolling I see nothing but ocean black ocean waves like or whatever and I'm like where is this so it's a tiny tiny little island that's in the middle of the Pacific the closest I would say um, countries to us is Japan of course we have the Philippines and then Australia as well just to get your geography <laughs> intact in, in, in of where this could be but I will tell you it is a small little paradise that's packed with so much it is a U.S. territory um, that we live on. And I like to tell people, because the waters are completely turquoise blue, but if you were looking for that island that you said, oh, I just want to get away from it all and go by my own island, don't do that. Just come to Guam. <laughs> don't do that, because it's a paradise. It's an absolute paradise. And uh, thanks for taking us on that geography lesson too. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us uh, might have heard of Guam just because it's been in the political uh, news and uh, etc. But uh, I know alive. the history. Yeah, right the history. The history of Guam is probably a hard topic, and you can definitely look it up on Wikipedia, etc. But from your words, I'd love to hear from your, uh, you know, your side. Tell us a little bit about the history of Guam, maybe in a couple of minutes. 
Yeah, I, um, when I first started researching a little bit of Guam, um, and there's different versions that you can actually look up, but when I started looking at the history of first, you know, the Spaniards coming in and then the Japanese coming in and then, of course, the U.S., because I'm a people person, that's who I first started saying, God, what in the world have they been through on this island? And um, when you get here through all that they've been through, um, you can, you just still feel that, you know, they made it. And you know that it's a, it's, it's a story in itself in the island through the culture and through the dancing and through the stories that they share here on the island of the historical past cannot, um, will not hinder you in your future unless you allow it, unless you allow it. So it's uh, the, the culture here, the people here, you know, are beautiful people. The individuals that mostly come here as far as the tourists, I would say, is from Japan, which also is a little bit odd, but um, that's who we get as most of our tourists here. And of course, you've got a huge like military because of the military presence here as well. So it's a very unique, unique setting. But I always say, now I'm not an island girl, but I said if I was to retire on an island, I would finish it and retire on Guam because <laughs> I think of a lot of the islands, it has the setup and everything in place. Sounds very magical. And, uh, you know, uh, one of the things we do is we love recommending different places uh, to visit, especially off the beaten path places, uh, because uh, nowadays, uh, you know, there's not many. The world is becoming easier and easier to travel. Uh, flights are becoming easier. More people are traveling. And there's not many remote off the beaten path places. But I would say definitely Guam is, is, is in that category of off the it, beaten path. Yeah. It's definitely off the beaten path, yes. And if you, and I think what you just, you? go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. Uh, no, you can finish it to your point, uh, Tequila. No, I was, I was going to say to you, one of the things that you said for individuals, if they were trying to go to different places, is one thing, and I said this for my husband, and there's a story behind this, is when we get there, I want you to get scuba, um, scuba diving lessons, okay, and get certified. It's the cheapest place that you can get certified for diving. So that a lot of individuals come here, they get certified in like, I think three to five days, you're done. And you've got your certified lessons. And then you're in water, the water is so warm. It's like if you ran a bath and it's warm water. So you know that chill that you get when you first go into water, or ocean water, woo, you don't get that here. It's completely bath water. It's very nice. Oh, amazing, because I hate that chill factor. You know, even swimming pools, we could be in a nice hotel and have an amazing swimming pool. And the moment we dip our feet in and we feel it's too cold, I'm like, I'm not going in. And so, so that's amazing that it's warm uh, water. So obviously, you have the, the water sports in Guam, like the snorkeling, the scuba diving, the swimming. Uh, tell us about some of the major sightseeing attractions, both on the island and also around the island in terms of the water and the land. Yeah, I think that... One of the things that you could do, and well, I don't know the cost of skydiving, uh, the cost, but I think that you can get that in pretty inexpensive. And then the other thing is we do have uh, lots of people, it's like I said before, scuba diving. You come here to go scuba diving, and then you can take, you know, the boat rides around the island. One of the things that um, I like to do with my family is we rent the boat and we drive around, you know, the island. 
and you're able to like just really see the beauty of it. And then one of the biggest things that I love that you cannot see any of the most beautiful parts of this island unless you hike it. Okay, so my first six months of here, I called myself a jungle girl. I was completely in the jungle and I was hiking all different parts of the island. And some of them, some of them are really hard, but once you get to the reward at the end of seeing just the gorgeous waters and the beauty and feeling that wind on your face after you've, after you've exited the jungle, <laughs> all the woods, you're like, what a reward. So hiking is another part of it. Awesome. And you know, uh, one of the, the great parts of travel is the food, uh, the cuisine, the gastronomy. So uh, what are some of the dishes in Guam? You know, you don't typically see a Guam restaurant in a place around the world. So tell us about some of the main dishes there. Yeah, you know, because of the Spanish, you know, being here first, sometimes I like to say that there's a little bit of that here. So in Spain, you know, you had a lot of the rice dishes. So here you have a little bit of that as well, but also in Spain, you have meat, you have meat. So one of the first things that when we arrived that I saw is that it's very, very family oriented. So wherever you go, if you go out on the beach on a Sunday and you see um, what we uh, the the individuals, they call themselves the Chamorros here, right? So if you run into a Chamorro family, they all invite you over to eat with them. And that just reminded me of the village and, and, and the togetherness of just coming from Spain. So it was a good transition, I think, for my kids to have that full-on Spanish culture and then come here to still experience that, that they were still family-oriented and that they actually, when they invite us over, serve us a lot of meat. I <laughs> like, it's a lot of meat. <laughs> Here we go in another meat place. So um, you'll get like the different rice dishes, but you do get the different types of meat that are marinated in different type of sauces that they create. Um, but it's yummy. Very, very good. Sounds uh, fabulous. Definitely looking forward to trying it out. Uh, so uh, curious to know about uh, how is it life? Uh, uh, how is life as an expat? So you're not just visiting as a tourist, but you're actually living there, working there. Your husband's stationed there. Your kids are going to school there. Tell us a little bit about how uh, how is it being like to integrate into uh, uh, the society, the culture, the lifestyle of uh, living in Guam. Yeah, it's. Um I think the biggest thing that happens when you when you travel, Ricky, and when you're because I think people tend to think too, like you think I'm gonna be away from my family. <laughs> I think that might be the number one thing that individuals think of. But I think that where you are and the home that you have is where you are right now. You know, where you are right now. And that's how we've always thought about it, is wherever we are we need to view that as our home. And when we do that, we look to actually create other family members around us. So what we've done is because we're open like that, we're able to meet some of the most phenomenal people that will always be part of our lives because we allow them to actually come into our life. So if you're traveling and if you're an expat and you're very cut off and you don't allow people to come in, you will feel alone. You will feel alone. But if you allow yourself to be open, you allow yourself to be experienced, you allow individuals to touch you or come up to you because I know in America I was known as a tree hugger. 
So if you will allow yourself to even be hugged, <laughs> you're opening yourself up to a better experience, I think, in my opinion, when you travel. Totally agree. Totally agree. Definitely need to integrate and connect with the locals. You know, I've lived in uh, several different continents now. I've lived in Europe and uh, Asia, Australia. Now we're here in South America, not just visiting, but living for extended time, uh, like six months to a year or more. So totally agree with your sentiments there about learning the language, connecting with the locals and uh, getting out of that expat bubble because a lot of expats, uh, they end up uh, just going to the expat cafes or the bars and hanging out with other foreigners living there. So it's really good uh, your sentiments there about connecting yeah. with that lo the locals. And obviously your kids are uh, mostly uh, connected with locals, right? With the schooling, et cetera. How have your kids found it? My kids are, my kids are really good because um, I always, from the beginning, have asked my kids, who would you talk to new today? Who's your, who are your friends? What was the highlight of your day? What was the low of the day? But my biggest thing with them, and I always have told my son, you know um, the best way that you can actually talk to people? is that you learn their language. I've always told him that from the beginning. The way that you'll be able to go all over this world is that you open yourself up and you learn their language. And if you don't know the language, is that you allow yourself to communicate. Because I tell you, when I first went to Spain, I did not know the language. I did not know any of it. And I can remember thinking to myself the first month, Please no one talk to me. And everything was a big jumble of words. And what they taught, in, taught me in school was not the Spanish I was speaking over there. I'm like, this is not, they're not doing the same language. So, but I think when you, uh, when again, when you allow yourself to be able to understand people and connect with people and learn their language, whether it be your doing the hand signals or whatever, then it's easier. And with our kids, I think because we've led like that, it's been a lot easier for them to feel comfortable when we go into any type of setting because we've traveled with my son every Christmas, my son and my daughter, but since my son's been three, every Christmas we have traveled to a different country to just to expose ourselves as to how they celebrate Christmas. So from Germany to Turkey, you know, to Italy, all of these different countries we've been to, and it's different languages, but we all speak the same when we feel each other and we embrace each other. So uh, it is uh, you know, middle of November, heading into Christmas, New Year. So curious to know about, uh, you know, your travel plans uh, uh, for this Christmas, New Year's, the holidays, and also into 2018. Uh, how long are you going to be, uh, I don't know if you know, but uh, how long is your uh, husband going to be stationed over there in Guam? And then what is the plans for the future? Well, the, the last, wherever we are, the last Christmas, we always celebrate in that particular place. So we plan to celebrate this Christmas here in Guam. And of course, we're going to be hot. So we the last two years, we ran away from being hot. So we went, you know, to Thailand, but it still was warm. We went to Thailand last Christmas and the Christmas before that we were in Japan. So this year, we're like, we're going to stay here. We've already booked our hotels to stay. So we're going to stay down in the in the touristy like area. So it feels like we're on a vacation because we get an itch. We got to travel. We love to travel. So I'm like, okay, so this is what we're doing. So you'll probably see us in our Santa hats inside of our bathing suits inside of very warm water <laughs> this Christmas here in Guam. 
Awesome. And uh, uh, I don't know if you know, uh, how long are you planning to stay in Guam or, uh, you know, is it kind of indefinite or you don't know about when your husband might get relocated? Tell us a little bit about that, the whole uh, military side of things. We didn't cover that too much, but how does it work? Yeah. Uh, can you get sent somewhere else in the, 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 the snap of a finger? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. We can get somewhere at the snap of a finger. <laughs> I always like to think my husband, he tends to get I think a little bit more uh, into it, this stage where it's time for us to shift and change and they tell us wherever we're going to go. I've learned to just let it flow. I'm like, you know what? They're going to just send us wherever they're going to send us and we have no control into it. So that's the way I just look at it. So right now, we're supposed to know where we're going to next, but we don't know. But we're supposed to leave within like five to six months. But we don't know where we're going. <laughs> so that's the other part of this this life that I, I married into. I didn't know a lot about it. And then once I got into it, I'm like, they're telling us to go where? What are we doing? So I didn't know. So I just let it go. He he likes to try to plan it and plan it and plan it. And then he plans it. And then we don't go that way. <laughs> it doesn't go that way. We were supposed to actually go back to the United States before here. And then we got rerouted to Guam. So. You just never know where you're going to go. And that's another reason why I decided that I wanted to create this portable income for myself. So no matter what, and no matter where his career took us, I would have this portable income that can go with me now anywhere. Because I'm like two times you've like pulled me away from getting back into my corporate, <laughs> my corporate side of the world. So I got to create this portable income now. Awesome. That definitely sounds exciting because it's a scary thing. Uh, you're not knowing uh, you know, where you might end up, but it's also a very exciting thing because you're going to get to see uh, amazing parts of the world uh, that you never knew uh, that you would be sent to. So I'm uh, looking forward to following you along on your adventures. Yeah, that you never knew. And one thing about it is that when you do it that way, and if you and remember your children look at everything that you do. And if you make it a bad thing, they will think it's a bad thing. If you make it a good thing, they'll be a part of it and it'll be a good thing for them. Because now our kids are just like throwing countries in which I love to hear them say, they're throwing out different countries, not cities, like because they're, they haven't lived in the US. They haven't been in the US. Gosh, they don't even know what it is to be in the US. And, and what's great about it is there's a lot of labels that happen. You know, and when you're when you're when you're stationed, I think in one place, and not just military, just in life, that we start to have these labels placed upon us that you're this or that. But when you're exposed and you travel and you open yourself up, you don't have those labels. And our kids don't have these labels, and I that's what I love about it. They don't think that they're anything but who they are. And 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 it's great. And we've been able to give that to them because that's the way we've raised them and exposed them that way. So now they're like, what country can we go to? Can we tell them this country? And we're like, well, not exactly. <laughs> Yeah, definitely the me label is the best label to have because that's the thing that will never change your whole life, the me label. Exactly, exactly. So to end off, Tequila, it's great to have you on the show discussing all about how people can stand out and how you've obviously overcome your challenges and now you're living this life of amazing freedom over there in Guam. And we obviously did a much deeper dive into Guam for those of you uh, who listeners who want to go there. Uh, so to end off with, if people want to connect with you and both of those friends, if they want to learn how to stand out and also follow you along on your coaching, your 
podcasting, but also if they want to ask you and pick your brain a little bit more deeper about Guam, how can they do both of those things? Tequila. Yes. All of that. I like to keep it very simple for everyone. You can find me at tequiladaughter.com. So if you're interested in really diving deeper into what your story is and helping to define that, I'm your girl. If you're wanting to really get your dream back, if you've lost it, you need to snatch it back. Let me help you walk through that to get your dream back. And you can find me again, tequiladaughter.com. You made it easy for us, and I'll have the link below so you can definitely uh, click right through and check out all of Tequila's amazing resources. And, uh, you know, definitely connect with her, as you can tell by this interview. She's definitely a great ball of energy, full of uh, positivity <laughs> and, uh, you know, vibrancy. So thanks again, Tequila. I look forward to connecting with you again. I look forward to visiting you if you're still there in Guam one day, but we'll definitely connect again. Uh, catch up with you soon. Absolutely, Ricky. It's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure indeed. So thanks, everyone, uh, for tuning in to this episode. Uh, make sure you follow along on Tequila's adventures around the world, and also make sure you follow on our, our adventures at daddyblogger.com. Make sure you subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and also on YouTube if you want to watch the video version or, or listen to the audio version. And uh, we also do nomadmastery.com if you want to also become a, a world traveler, a digital nomad, or an expat. So thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. We'll catch you in the next one of Digital Nomad Mastery, where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world, including places like Guam. <laughs>